Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Let's talk uh, phobias and fears. What are you very fearful of? What are you afraid of? How intense and how irrational and invasive do those fears play in your life? Wow. The, these researchers uh, asked about more than 30 different phobias, and almost everyone has at least one. For some, sure. Some say they're fearless, but I think they're a little You, what's your, what do you get a fear of? Uh, commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> Raising kids. I still wake up in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, probably claustrophobia. I used to have this oh. reoccurring dream when I was younger that I was somehow, I don't know if it was a coffin or a box, it was some small thing, and I was face down and my arms were underneath me to the point where I couldn't get them out. Okay. And I was like just kind of tip of my nose deep in water. Oh. And, and, I, and I couldn't move. And I'd wake up in such a sweat. Wet in the bed again? Well, yeah. A lot of things going on in the bed right. at that age. But I, uh, but, so I would say being claustrophobic. Like I, I couldn't imagine being locked or stuck in an elevator. Uh, that Ryan Reynolds movie, I couldn't sit and watch it. Oh, I had to buried. move around. Yeah. yeah, It was brutal. And I, well, I told you when I got locked in the bell center between the two doors, I was losing my mind within seconds. And Maria was like, <laughs> I think she was going to knock me out or choke me out just to shut me up. And that had windows, right? Oh, yeah. You well, could you know, see through the hallway. It's like any mall. You know when you walk out of a mall, you walk out one set of doors, they close behind you. You walk out the other set, you're outside. Well, right. at 2 o'clock in the morning in the bell center, the doors behind me slapped shut. Right. And by the time I got to the other door, they were locked, and that one was locked gotcha. so no one could get in. Right. And I immediately melted down. <laughs> and at the time, I was working with uh, Jeff Burroughs from the Tea Party. We were with them in Montreal seeing Nickelback, and... When I got on the air after the weekend, I had left him like eight voicemails. You know, but they were, at first it was very calm. It was like, hey, Jeff, um, wondering where you are, where your wife and you are, because we were supposed to get steamed hot dogs and poutine, if you remember. And it's a, well, we're uh, stuck in the bell set. Well, like that. And by the eighth call, it's like, um, Jeff, I'm not flipping kidding. We're going to die in here. Escalated quickly. Oh, the next morning when I saw him, I stomped up to him like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. I'm like, dude. Oh, well, we went back to our room and I fell asleep. Right. When I told him the story, well, he the, the train ride was very uncomfortable on the way back I to Windsor. Um, I, uh, I think heights uh, for me. Okay. Probably big. I get a weird fear of snakes and that, and that I do not want to come across one in the wild mm. or uh, I don't believe they're a pet. <laughs> right. Uh, and friendly or cuddly. But if I see them at some sort of zoo or enclosure mm. in, you know, behind glass uh, or on TV, I'm like morbidly fascinated. By. Right. Yeah, you don't want one in your toilet bowl. No. It's the number one thing people are afraid of, snakes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And the fear of flying, like you. Okay. Well, I don't really have a fear of flying, but heights. Oh, sorry, yes. heights. Sorry, heights, yes. Right. And then uh, followed by a fear of fire, cats, and the fear of large bodies of water. Now, okay. I think I might possess that. That might concern me on a big cruise ship, I think. Yeah, I, I guess so. There's that, you know, that I don't know if that's, I'm not consumed by fear when it comes mm. to it. Plus, when you're on a cruise ship, you're too drunk to think about that anyway. Well, and it's ridiculous that you would be because in the history of cruise ships, yeah. I think the one well, we like remember flying. is the yeah. Titanic. Yeah, but so few ever go down. I mean, right. Planes crash a lot more often than a cruise ship sinks. I, I think for, for some people on cruises, the fear isn't that it's going to go down necessarily. It's that they will fall off. Right. And, and people do. 
and you realize that uh, okay, you know, it's a vast right. body of water right, that right. you're on out there. I, I I don't have a fear that way, but I I'm not a big fan of swimming in the ocean. No, like, eh? you know, in uh, in like outside, too far away from the resort. Sure, you know, it normally change. they have uh, some some netting or some mm-hmm. buoys out there. Once you get past that point, yeah, I got no need to be out there. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I you mean, know, every I'm, now and then you see a video from like a drone or up above mm-hmm. of like a beach, and there's like the dark things circling yeah. just just around people who are swimming, and they have no clue that no. it's happening. They have no clue that they're lunch. Adrian showed me a thing on the weekend that I guess it was uh, some movie that they do um, at a resort. It's kind of same thing, you know, in that kind of. Uh, uh, fenced in area yeah. out in the water, uh, but they get everyone in the inner tube and they put up a big screen on the beach and they show Jaws. Oh, that would be night. wild. That I would don't be know wild. if I could do that. She just said, "Do you think you could do this?" I'm like, "I, I don't know. Like, is it a pool? <laughs> Maybe, but especially, especially that opening scene with the woman. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be some dark waters. <laughs> that water would be warm. <laughs> Robots, AI. I believe they are eventually going to take over. I mean, there's even those sex robots now that are like so supposedly so lifelike. Supposedly, you, know. I, you added that in there. Suppose I heard from a friend. <laughs> so now you you really sometimes can't tell if something's AI or a real person. We play a little game here. Is this AI or Jerry Seinfeld? Why does it seem like every time you're watching TV, there's a commercial for a new brand of cat food, and it's always some kind of crazy new flavor? Like tuna and salmon surprise. I don't need a new flavor of cat food every other week. Just tell me what was so bad about the old ones. They were great. And why are they always trying to trick us with these new flavors? They'll be like, we know you like tuna, so we put some tuna in this can. But we also put some other stuff in there, too. I don't want to have to guess what's in my cat food. I just want it to be tuna. That's it. Just tuna. No surprises. All right, Lucky, you're a huge Seinfeld guy. Is that Jerry for real or is that AI? I say it sounds a lot like Jerry, but that is AI. It is. It's the pacing. Mm -hmm. It's not the voice. The voice sounds dead on. It's the pacing. And and I guess a little bit of, he goes up high. Yeah. Uh, And the bit's not funny. Right, that's usually. uh, But, yeah, it's just so shocking. I was reading the other day. That uh, Uber Eats and other food delivery services now want to replace their drivers, you know, save money, shareholders, and they want robots to deliver food. Right. Up and down the sidewalk, carrying a pizza, these things. I think it's, well, it, well I don't think it's Christian. I know it's Christian's birthday on Wednesday, and I, th- I, think, <laughs> I uh, think... I think it's my think, son's birthday. Uh, yeah, I think, it, but, um, I think we're going to go to this uh, sushi restaurant, which I've been told has, like, robot servers mm. where, you know, you just order it and, and it's the robot that brings it out to you. But if you got a complaint with your food and you can argue with a robot, God, I kick would. your ass. I, well, that's, I'd have to check to make sure its calculator is working. Now, this is interesting with you and your kids and their birthdays. Like, I don't know what you do with the hiders and those uh, daughters of yours, <laughs> how you celebrate their birthday, but uh-huh. they're girls, so maybe, maybe you like the hider deal with that. But, so with Evan, he got... Top Gun. Right. And a dinner you liked. Yes. And now you're going sushi. How old is uh, Christian? Uh, Christian will be 11. And he's he's picking sushi? Uh, he, he, yeah, he wanted to, well, he wanted to go to a Chinese. Like, like yeah. A, yeah, he's he was thinking, he was just talking about it last night. Huh. So we were thinking about that. Look at how posh your kids are. Right. Well, and, and because we're going through this kitchen reno, too, we we're stuck having mm. to eat out for these ones. But just sushi seems so odd for an 11-year-old. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't like He's, it all. His palate is more mature than yours. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. He'll be more adventurous, that's for sure. 
Uh, we all remember Triumph, the insult comedy dog. Remember? Yeah. Remember her, the comic dog? Well, uh, I, I thought he Or was the born. American version of Ed the Sock, yeah. I guess. But I thought both of them were lost in the, the laundry somewhere because uh, I hadn't heard of Triumph in a very long time. No, he did stuff with, like, John Stewart, right? Uh, it was Conan first, I think. Con- oh, that's right. It yeah, was Conan. It was Conan first. Because Robert Smigel, who was a writer on SNL and then Late Night with Conan O'Brien, he is the voice behind the dog. Well, they got arrested at Capitol by the Capitol Police. Heard this. Yeah. They were there to record interviews for a comedy segment for Stephen Colbert. And everything was authorized and prearranged. But after they wrapped up the interviews, they stayed to film stand-up and other bits in, in the halls. And a statement from the Capitol Police said, The building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be a part of a group that had been directed by the police to leave the building earlier so, in the day. So now we're arresting trespassers yeah, that's right. at the Capitol. That's right. So you're going to arrest a puppet, <laughs> but not the guy who caused the insurrection. All right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, if you, the, for those who wanted to put Mike Pence on a stick yeah. and treat him like a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. They could. No, no issues. Although, no, 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 they're going after them now. Oh, yeah. No, those, well, those are the ones who are paying the price right. for the grifter who sent them there. Uh, so, yeah, there's an active criminal investigation on the go. Hollywood Walk of Fame Class of 2023 is uh, going in over, I guess, over the year. They put 24 entertainers in. Uh, throughout different parts of the year. Uh, from the motion picture category, you've got Uma Thurman, Vince Vaughn, Ludacris, Bill Pullman, uh, director John Waters, and Paul Walker also going in, of course, honored posthumously. Yep. Uh, the recording side has the Jonas Brothers, Lenny Kravitz, Mark Anthony, and Blake Shelton. And from television, it's uh, Mindy Cowling, John Favreau, Ralph Macchio, and Martin Lawrence. Wow. Ralph Macchio in a television role? I uh, maybe. Uh, I guess, yeah, it's odd. Well, the Netflix show. Yeah, but Cobra that's, Kai. That's, that's relatively new. Right. Maybe just more of a career. Because, yeah, it was more movies than anything. You'd of course, think so. Kid movies. Um, and, and Ludacris as an actor right. and not as a musician. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done well at both. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Martin Lawrence, him and Eddie Murphy might have words because Eddie Murphy's son is dating Martin Lawrence's daughter, Jasmine. They're official. They were on Instagram, so you know it's for real. And on Friday night's Jimmy Kimmel Live, Martin said he hopes he doesn't have to spring for the wedding if they get hitched. <laughs> he says, I'm going to try to get Eddie to pay for it. <laughs> oh, jeez. If Eddie brings all his kids, that'd, that'd be yeah. a tough bill. He's got yeah. like 10. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen, you remember um, in the last week, we heard the story that he was very upset with not only his ex-wife, Denise Richards, but also his daughter, Sammy, who's 18 and has joined uh, OnlyFans. Right, yes. Well, he's uh, changed his opinion on that. He now only supports, I believe he's a subscriber as well. <laughs> um, uh, but he's a united now with Denise Richards and saying, well, whatever support she needs from this moment forward, she'll have it abundantly. And I guess uh, Nicole or Denise sat to Charlie down and said, listen. You know, you cannot come from where you've come from. Yes. Right. <laughs> she goes, what? My life. I, I, I had some decisions I made in my career with Wild Things and Playboy. And uh, I had family that supported me. And we should be supporting her through this as right. well. So, gotcha. So everything's fine again with the Sheens. And uh, Charlie's okay. And Denise is fine. And I guess Sammy is just... Duh. Winning. Sour Patch Kids... Are from the same manufacturer as Swedish Swedish Fish. Okay. The Red Sour Patch Kids are the same candy as Swedish. Can I not say Swedish Fish? Right. Uh, that's more American than Swedish Fish. We get Swedish berries. Oh, I'd never heard here. of it either. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't know that, though. Sour mm. Fudge Patch Kids are just, you know, obviously the, the sugared and sour-coated mm. version of them. No, my kids used to dine out on those bad boys. Still, still like them. <laughs> I like them, too. <laughs> a nickel weighs exactly twice as much as a penny. Oh, okay. Mm. Hardly see any of them no, anymore. New. No. I wouldn't even bend one over to bend over to pick one up. Right. Good luck. HBO passed on The Walking Dead because they thought it was too violent. Wow. That's pretty impressive because HBO... They show a lot of things. stuff, yeah. They've done some violence. Chameleons don't change colors so they can blend into their surroundings and hide from predators. They change colors based on their moods to send signals to the other chameleons. Okay. So I'm going black. Stay away from me. Right, yeah. Like, like wearing a mood a, ring. That's right. There's a, a lost fad. <laughs> Anybody still own a mood ring? Somewhere, some guy owns an island somewhere because yeah. of those damn things. Liam Ward and Cindy Pickett played Ferris Bueller's parents in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, yep. They met on the set and wound up getting married for real. Are you kidding? Then they got divorced six years later. That's because they're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Ferris ruined Just everything. Skipping school. Um, they got divorced six years later after playing the married parents in the 1992 movie Sleepwalkers. Wow. Yeah. In 2007, Scotland spent $150,000 coming up with a new national slogan. For 150 grand, they came up with... Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of meetings. Oh, yeah. Boardrooms that would have sat in for hours upon hours. Yeah. Pouring through ideas. The problem with all corporations is any company or country or group trying to get attention or do something to attract people or get the spotlight on them. We're so afraid of making a mistake. Right. And I'll bet you there were people who come came up with brilliant uh, national slogans for Scotland. And some of them were probably very funny. Right. Quick, smart. But t- they're just a f- it's a- too much. Right. Well, what if people don't get it or they get insulted, you know? So we're going to go after oh. all of this consultation yeah. with welcome to Scotland. But you see in every country entrance. <laughs> Might as well have just taken that hundred and fifty grand and wiped your Scottish arse with it. It is crazy. I find like just driving up to the cottage on the weekend. You'll you'll pass some random town, yeah. and it'll be like you'll see just the sign for Ontario. Yeah, like you've been in the province for obviously four hours to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, north of Peterborough, but yet we're advertising. We're in Ontario, and and the problem too. And I feel so bad for so many small towns is that they'll all have a slogan. Like I remember driving through Tilbury, and it was the the town between two lakes. Yeah, but every time you drive by, you go the mistake between two lakes. <laughs> you know, or you go Oshawa. Uh, prepare to be amazed at how bad it is. Right. You know, everybody throws an insult well, into the line. Initially, it was the city that motivates Canada. Oh God, of course, right? But then. GM left. They had to change that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Motivates you to leave, I guess. That's right. It looks best in your rearview mirror. Charlie Chaplin's original career plan was to be a hog farmer. <laughs> Weird. But when he found out he had to castrate his hogs, he decided to go into show business. All right. That would have driven me to it as well. Mm-hmm. I worked for one day on a pig farm. It is flipping gross. Oof. It stinks. So bad. But the bacon tastes so damn good. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to help inseminate uh, female pigs. 
I mean, I didn't have to hump him myself. <laughs> okay, that's good. But the boar has a great job. The <laughs> boar's just this big old pig, and he walks around, and, and all the female pigs are in their little, uh, you know, crates or whatever it is inside the barn. Like, it's an elaborate science experiment. The guy who owned this farm was making a fortune. And and so his, his boar would walk around, and they're so stupid... He'd put like a, uh, a hassock or something for the boar to get up behind the female. Right. But he wasn't actually, uh, he was just dry humping. Okay. Air, air humping, I guess. Gotcha. He'd get all horned up and his big fat hips would start moving. And then they would put a tube on him and basically extract his semen. Right. And then they'd put it in all this like very much like a frozen science thing. And I guess he sells the, the semen off to other pig farmers or whatever. To, but there's a job for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're growing up, thinking, what what is it that I can do? Mm-hmm. I've got a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a family business. <laughs> like I think if your dad was <laughs> masturbating boars, you'll masturbate boars. <laughs> I come from a long line of masturbators. Master faders. <laughs> And I'll tell you something. When that boar lets loose, you got to hold. It's like a fire hose. You got to hold on to that. You got to hold on to that. And the guy I was working with, I I let loose a bit, and he got soaked in, in boar sperm. I said, "You're you're pregnant." <laughs> you don't want to go home and tell your wife what's on your shirt. Never mind. Burn it. Burn it. <laughs> The only mammal that can't fly are bats. Okay. Sorry, the only mammal that can fly, not can't, can fly. Sorry, it's a bull swarm in my eye. I was going to say. Read that right. The only mammals that can fly are bats. (laughs) Uh, Lucky, I am sorry to report this. A man has a 50% chance of having male pattern baldness by the time he's 50. Right, okay. I mean, you speak of the retreating. I, uh, I I have noticed <laughs> that, uh, that my army is retreating slowly but surely. Uh, then perhaps it's just me. I don't think so. No. Did you say 50% yeah. chance? Yeah. Wow. And some go young. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. And nowadays, it's just not the big deal. It was one time. I think it was just well. You saw all the uh, the rugs that were for sale, and right. men trying all sorts of lotions and potions to keep it together. What I do find interesting, because as you're right, like like bald is no longer looked down or frowned no. upon, and no. and you know dudes are going full bald mm-hmm. and not in a skinhead way mm-hmm. uh, in their in their twenties, mm-hmm. uh, and and just rocking it, and and that's fine. Yeah. They're doing well with that. What I do find interesting is when it starts to go, those who hang on, hang on to like the last threads of it. It's so sad. You know, sometimes, yeah. When it, when when the army has retreated into an island, <laughs> and you think, wow, you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna stick with that, mm-hmm. right? Like I know they're still there, mm-hmm. and I probably perhaps will have to make that decision at some point. The only thing you have to, I I went right down to the uh, hardwood once for a charity event. My only concern was gotta make sure you got a good bald head. Yeah, you just don't want to have any craters in there yeah. or lumps. I've done that. I've shaved my head. So and you've, you see, you got a nice shaped melon too. So I think right. even if it goes, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. But there's some people, you know, to shave their head, and it looks like their brain is exposed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, and it's always weird, too, with so many men who go bald early, but they're covered in hair elsewhere. Right. That's true. Yeah. Two of Santa's reindeer had name changes. In a visit from St. Nicholas, Donner and Blitzen were originally Dunder and Blixem. 
They were eventually changed from Dutch to German. Donner and Blitzen means thunder and lightning. Okay. Lake Superior contains 10% of the world's fresh water. It's like 2,900 cubic miles of water. Wow. Yeah, it's the size of some states. And one big boat down there. Yeah, yeah. The Swedish government once owned Absolute Vodka until 2008. They sold it for approximately $6.3 billion. Billion? Billion. The company that makes Seagram's, Chivas Regal, Jameson Irish, Whiskey, Kahlua, and Malibu Rum bought it. Wow. I think that's the guy, Pernod Ricard, I think is the name of the company. And okay. the president or the CEO or the owner is the guy that's married to Selma Hayek. Oh. Wonder how that happened. Right. The original stop sign debuted in 1915. They were smaller than the current ones and featured black letters on white backgrounds. In the 1920s, they became black on yellow. They weren't white on red until 1954. Huh. And finally, what do horses, horses and sharks have in common? They're both ticklish. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the guy to trust that no, out. Oh, thank you. Come here, sharky, sharky, sharky. <laughs> yeah. So don't go around tickling sharks or horses. I think you'll pay the price for it. Right. But there's something they have in common. Got another good reason for being married if you need one. There's a new strain of super gonorrhea to worry about. <laughs> and, you know, you got you to gotta have sex to get super gonorrhea. Right. And if you're married, then Gosh. chances are you aren't. <laughs> all the other deniers about, like, all the other things that have gone on pandemic-wise, this one is going to get attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. It's super gonorrhea. It's got a cape and everything. <laughs> Uh, it's resistant to antibio- uh, antibiotics. That's why they're calling it super, and it's hard to treat. A similar strain was found in the U.K. and New Zealand back in 2018. So this is the second type they've seen in just the last few years. A guy in, Aus- in Austria recently told a doctor that it burned when he peed. Turns out he had unprotected relations with a sex worker during a trip to Cambodia. This is what you do. It's not a good call. Yeah. No, at least if you're having sex in any foreign land with a sex worker, you wrap that bad boy up. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in Cambodia five days earlier when he had this sex with the worker. And then within a week, the, the burning... The burning sensation began. Super burning. Yeah. (laughs) They gave him antibiotics, but he still tested positive weeks later. Luckily, they tried another one, and it did eventually clear up. Test confirmed it's a new strain that's hard to treat, and they weren't able to track down the woman he got it from. So she's out there. Right. Giving it up. Where was he? In Cambodia. Okay. You know, and that's, look, good on him for being honest. You got to be honest. Right. Yes. Because that's one of those things you have to tell the doctor. Okay. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Just hear me out. I paid for sex in Cambodia, and I raw-dogged it. Right. (laughs) You should come up with a better story than that, though. (laughs) Just happened to be a supermodel convention there. that's right. I was in the produce section of my grocery store, I swear to God, Doc. I was helping orphans. Our favorite man behind the grill, Ted Reader for Holinda's Meats. He's on the line, the godfather of the grill. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. Teddy's all right. Teddy's all right. He's tired. It's barbecue season. Yeah, never ending. like stink. When I drive by El Dorado uh, and I see the uh, the joint open and running Thursday through Sunday, that parking lot is rammed. You guys are going all the time. 
it gets a little bit crazy up there. And <clears throat> sorry, this uh, this coming Saturday is our third anniversary uh, and my 59th birthday party at the joint. Wow. You're going to be 59. Teddy, you don't look a day over 26, my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wish. I feel I feel more like 72 some days, but I'm, I'm, uh, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, we will be closing a little bit early on Saturday, but there are tickets available. Uh, I'll be manning the pits that night we're going to be doing a bare minimum of eight courses wow and so it'll be live fire barbecue uh wood-fired pizza and the menu is still to be determined but it'll be a lot of different things coming out of my crazy little brain so Beautiful. tickets are 75 bucks you call the joint uh 905-655-1080 and uh, you can book a spot Ted, one of the things you are famous for, of course, at the joint is the brisket. And we've had uh, a couple of uh, emails and texts uh, recently about uh, smokers and brisket as everyone kind of wants to try it. I have tried brisket before, but never a full brisket. Normally you go to the grocery store, you get either little pieces of the point or the flat. Uh, but for Father's Day, I was gifted a large, I think we weighed it at about 16 to 18 pounds wow. uh, of brisket. And it was on sale recently. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling that there will be a lot of people asking the question of how to handle a full-size brisket. Well, well, well. <laughs> brisket. Brisket be mighty tasty. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to break it down into it as basic and simple as, as you need to know. There are three things that you need to remember about brisket. And if you can follow these three things, you will make a good brisket every time. Okay, it doesn't matter the smoker. Um, doesn't matter the grill you're using, but it's all about time and temperature, and there's three of them. So the first... Ted, you still there? We lost you. What a we're, we're hanging off his words. <laughs> right? The first. Well, <laughs> all right, we'll take a break. Did the call just drop? Uh, yeah, he, well, it shows that he's still there. Ted? Okay, we'll take a quick break. We'll get him back on the line, and we'll, right. get, we'll get the secret. I literally have my pen in my hand, <laughs> writing down one. Okay, let's go with pen in your hand. How do I not? <laughs> yes. How do I not screw this up? This is Teddy's trick. Yeah. He doesn't want to give away That's the secret. True. Come to the joint. That's right. All right, we'll call him. We'll get him back on the line. Hang on. All right, we've got Ted back on the line. We had a little uh, tech problem with the phones, but uh, Ted, are you there, pal? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so here. Let me just back this up a bit so you know where to pick up where we lost you. You were literally telling us about your, I believe it was a three-point plan on how to do brisket, and you had said the first step is, and then you were gone. It was the greatest moment and the worst moment <laughs> to lose you. <laughs> so let's pick it up from the very first step on how to make a great brisket. Okay, there's, and there's three things. Remember this, okay? Yeah. One, it's the temperature you cook at. So you got to determine what you're going to cook it at. If you don't have a lot of time, you can go a little bit hotter. But traditionally, I'm looking at around 235 degrees Fahrenheit. So you got to remember the temperature you're going to cook at. That's number one. Okay. Number two, it's the internal temperature of the meat when you're going to give it a wrap. Okay, so you want to take it up to an internal temperature of about 170 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the internal temperature of the meat. 
So you're going to cook it 235 at 170 degrees. You're going to wrap it, and you can either wrap it in aluminum foil or you can wrap it in, in butcher paper. Okay. Back in the smoker. And the last temperature you have to remember is the finished temperature, 203 degrees internal temp of the meat. And that's it. So when it hits 203, you take it out. You can wrap it up a little bit more, and, and then you got to let it rest for an hour at least. Okay. But really, that's all. Your cooking temperature, your wrap temperature, and your finish temperature. And that's all you need to know. The rest, it's going to take time. you got a 16 to 18-pound brisket. It could take you 12 to 16 hours in there. Okay. Wow. Low and slow. So, you know, you can go a little bit hotter if you want, but you just have to remember those three temperatures. Ted, the temperature you cook Ted, and sorry, the temperature you finish. Okay, go. What about prepping for this thing, okay? Like, like are, am I, are you trimming fat off of these that you get from the butcher, or do they, they come basically trimmed? <clears throat> I see there's like a fat cap on the back of it, and then uh, rubbing it down. What, what do we have to do to prep it? So to prep it is uh, you can trim some of the fat off of it, all right, if you like, but I like to keep all the fat on it because it helps to baste through and keep it uh, nice and moist. And when you trim it, you're throwing away money. Yes. Right? And brisket and meat's expensive. So trim just a little bit. Um, you can rub it down with whatever you want. Some people like to take a little bit of mustard and smear it all over top of the brisket, all sides. And then they hit it with, uh, you, you can use my bone dust steak spice, or you can use a barbecue rub. You can use anything you want, salt, pepper, garlic. Traditional, just salt and pepper is all you really need on a brisket. Okay. And that's it. And you're gonna you're gonna take it out. You're gonna pop it in that smoker. You're gonna close the lid, and you're gonna wait. And when it hits 170, you're gonna wrap. And then you'll shove it back in the smoker, and wait. It's all about patience. And that waiting too is because there is that stall period, right, Ted? Yeah, that stall period really starts around 170 degrees, and it's getting up into that 180 mark. So those 10 degrees, it kind of could hang out in that area for for two, three, four hours sometimes. Wow. Just waiting so that it when, when it hits that next level, it'll then go pretty quickly to the final. And are you flipping it around like every few hours, or are you just letting it sit there and do its thing all or day? Or spritzing it. I've heard of that too, Ted. You can spritz it. You can give a little little drizzle of beer, a little bit of, you know, little bit i think beer is the best thing mm. some people like to spritz it with a little bit of root beer dr pepper works well too mm. but really um you don't have to do too much just let it cook don't peek the more you open that the the door mm. the lid to look inside the longer it's going to take okay. so you know look and ain't cooking Right. That's the rule. <laughs> there, there you go. Now, with that with that much brisket, of course, unless you're hosting a party where you're going to be feeding a ton of people, that's a lot of meat. Uh, how long, once you've cooked a brisket, is there a, a safe way to keep it, like, more than a few days? Or can, you, can you freeze it and then thaw it out and use it again later? Because you don't want to throw out a big hunk of that meat after it's kind of expired. Oh, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta, first off, uh, if you have leftover brisket after the first, uh, after the first sitting, yeah. uh, you're doing something wrong. Well, no, but hold on. I know Lucky, I know Lucky. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. I know Lucky can consume a lot of meat, more than is probably recommended by doctors, but if him and his family of four sits down to 18 pounds of meat and they consume it, he's going right to emergency. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, here's, here's like, 
like one of the things that we did uh, at your golf tournament yes, last week. Yes, I was going to say you could do this. We uh, we took we took the uh, you you take brisket and we cut it into steaks, and they're nice two inch thick steaks, mm. and then I grilled them. So if you got leftover, cut mm. it into a thick steak, and then you can grill them on your gas grill or on your charcoal grill. And then we drop them into uh, our beer barbecue gravy that we make at the joint. A vat and of let gravy, I should say, yes. <laughs> it was a vat of gravy. Oh. And then it was just, it was tender and it was moist. And oh, it was it was like sex on a bun. That it is. With Ted Reader at the joint, gravy is not a topping, it's a beverage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Teddy. Listen, if people want to talk to you about brisket or they want to order the uh, tickets for your party, this weekend. Once again, how do they get a hold of you, my friend? You're going to find me at Ted Grills or at Ted Readers, the joint barbecue on Instagram. Give us a shout. Come on out. We're going to have a tasty time. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.